Guess what? This is my podcast. That's right. Now I don't know what else to do after that. Hmm. Oh, hang on. It's the Kate Brennan Harding Music Podcast. Yes, that's right. I'm going to talk about music. Why am I going to talk about music? Hmm. I think because I really like it. Yeah, I really like music. I mean, I've thought about it long and hard and it's definitely something that I like. And do you know what else I like? I like when I find a song, I get very overexcited and I have to tell somebody about the song. And yeah, I basically have to go listen to this. Listen to this amazing thing. No, you have to stop what you're doing right now and listen to it. Now listen to it again. No, seriously, just listen to it. That's what I'm like. I'm very annoying. My partner will testify I'm an annoying person when it comes to new music that I really like. So what better medium to do this than a podcast where I get to go, look at this bright and shiny thing. Look, at, listen to it, how it sounds. Oh my God, it's amazing. Do you like it? Yes, come and like it with me too. Let's join a gang where we like this song. Yes, we're friends forever. That's pretty much what this music podcast is going to be about. Also, I'm going to have some guests on who also like music. My first guest is Elaine May. Elaine is an amazing electronic musician and she's going to be releasing her album later on this year, we hope. She says, fingers crossed. Um, Elaine has just released a brand new single with May Kay as vocalist. It's called No Forever and it is stunning. So I'm going to be having a chat with Elaine about releasing music during lockdown. Also joining me on my first music podcast, in case I didn't say that, um, is Una Malloy. Una Malloy is the programmer at Lost Lane. She's also the owner of Turning Pirate Agency. She's a bit of a legend. I've worked with her quite a few times and she's a joy to work with. But she's also part of the Live Venue Collective kind of says what it does in the tin. It's live music, venues, collectively coming together. The pandemic has obviously meant that an awful lot of people are out of work. A lot of people in the music industry understand that there's sound engineers, there's backline, there's so many people that don't have an income. And a lot of people who don't work in the music industry don't see that. So one of the most important things that the Live Venue Collective has done is set about seeing how they can sustain their venues, given the fact that nobody's able to go to gigs at the moment and set about getting some money for the people who work really hard, graft really hard. Um, And in doing so, they're creating amazing videos and streaming. They did a pilot scheme of it last year and all the stuff is available to be seen online. It was really, really cool. And it looks like 2021 is going to at least have some great funding and they're going to be able to hopefully divvy that out equally amongst some amazing artists and all the backline staff. So stay tuned and you'll get to hear all about that from Una Malloy. But let's start off. Okay, so I'm going to play clips of tracks that I've discovered this week and artists that I've discovered. And it mightn't be this week, over the last couple of weeks. And I'm going to just say, look at this shiny thing. Have a listen. If you like it, well, go and buy the single. Because that's the other thing about this podcast. I'd really like to have listeners that are really engaged in actively supporting musicians. And if that means going and buying some merchandise from their website, brilliant. But if that means going and buying their single and getting that up the charts, even better. I mean, how much satisfaction can you have knowing that I've just purchased a song from a new band that need the money and then they're getting paid for their art and we're all happy. It's just the way music should work. And yes, don't talk to me about Spotify and streaming and everything else. I'm aware that I use Spotify too. But where we can, if we can choose to purchase a song or support a local band or support a new band, just go for it. Just do it. That is my 
Kate Brown Harding music podcast political broadcast. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Okay, let's get started. This is what they call in the industry a sweep. I guess they better get my um, brush. I kind of have been gathering music. I mean, I think that's what so many of us are. We're, we're music gatherers and um, sort of hunter gatherers, is it? But yeah, I have been, you know, really struck by the fact that COVID and 2020 turned out completely differently to my expectations, um, to all of our expectations, obviously. And I found that I kind of stepped away from music that was new for a while, which new music had been my utter passion for most of my life. But I found last year that I started going into real kind of regressive mode and wanted to listen to tracks from my childhood like you know, I love 1960s music. I'm very much um, a 1960s music fan. But I was going back and listening to the Hollies, the Beatles. I was my old reliable David Bowie. And then I was listening to teenage songs and teenage albums and stuff that I hadn't gone back to in years. Like I was listening to R.E.M., Oasis, Radiohead, Fugees. And of course, then Roshi Murphy released her new album at the end of last year. And sure, all was saved to start listening to new music again. But... What I started to do was just gather it and I guess the first four tracks you're going to hear. So the tracks are 40 seconds each and I've blended them into each other. So the first track you're going to hear is by Irish band The Crayon Set and that song is called Moment. The next track you're going to hear is by a Dublin band called Hyper Empathy and the track's called Lost in Your Mind. And uh, don't forget you can support all these bands by buying their singles on Bandcamp and adding them to your Spotify or whatever it is you use to stream playlists giving them a like, follow, all that stuff. Uh, the next track you'll hear is by a band called Everyone You Know. I'm completely obsessed with them. This is When the Sun Comes Up. And the fourth track you'll hear is from one of my favourite, favourite, favourite new bands, Dry Cleaning. And um, yeah, the video to that song is absolutely brilliant. But I'll tell you all about that after you've had a listen. We don't leave. 
Paris band, theme park, scratch card, lanyard Do everything, feel nothing Do everything, feel nothing Pat dad on the head, write your big loud mouth Thanks very much for the Twix Self is a hardy banana with that waxy surface and small delicate flowers. A woman in aviators firing a bazooka. I really, really, really like that last band. Um, they're called Dry Cleaning. The lead singer is Florence Shaw and honestly go and watch the video for that track. It has me in stitches. It's exactly the tonic that you need. Um, it's like a 1990s pub club setting you know UK pub club setting and you know the way you've, you walk into a venue and sometimes there's these tiny tiny stages and all that signifies it's a stage is this little red curtain in a circle well let's put it this way they've made a miniature version of that and Florence's head appears when the stage curtains go back and it's just brilliant and her monotone way of delivering her poetry and her spoken word is brilliant yeah I just really like them I know they were due to play in Ireland in 2020 but obviously COVID has put paid to that but let's not talk about COVID and putting paid to live music let's just enjoy the music that's being created right now before that track you heard a band called Everyone You Know they're brothers they're from the UK they're from London and uh, that track's called When the Sun Comes Up and I think it's got like I don't know it's got this kind of 1990s vibe to it Uh, it's urban it's dance and kind of oasis-y in not in sound and lyrics and their lyrical ability I I just really enjoy that and I'm really looking forward to see what else they do before that Hyper Empathy Dublin band their band camp says they're four girls from Dublin who absolutely believe in the power of guitar music to hypnotise so listen the song's called Lost in Your Mind that's clearly where they're at (laughs) and it's really cool and before that the new track from the crayon set called Moment So all of those songs were released sort of November, December and January. And as I said earlier, I was gathering them and I just thought they were kind of cool to start off the podcast with. So now I'm really excited because you're going to hear from my first guest, Una Malloy. Now, I will warn you, we recorded this over Zoom. So the microphone wasn't exactly perfect and the audio is a little bit. mm, It's not the way I'd like it. So just to warn you, the audio is not perfect. Apologies about that. But I suppose COVID, this is what we're all dealing with, isn't it? I'm still sweeping, but this time I'm going to let you know that you're listening to the Kate Brennan Harding Music Podcast and I don't know why suddenly she is speaking like she's from 1942. But let's just go with it, hey? So my first guest on the very first episode of the Kate Brennan Harding Music Podcast is none other than the chairperson of the Live Venue Collective, programmer for Lost Lane, uh, all-around legend, and she's also in her spare time, <laughs> uh, runs the agency, the amazing agency turning pirate. Una Malloy, how are you? I am very good. Thank you, Kate Brown Harding. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm delighted to have you on. I uh, I know we know each other for a long time and I always admire, you know, the work that you do and also that you've always been somebody to me that's very clear, straight up around, this is how I see something working. This is how we're going to solve it and this is what we're going to make happen. Um, that's my experience of working with you on, on everything. But I want to talk to you and have our listeners uh, hear a little bit about the Live Venue Collective. Tell me about that. How was that set up and what happened last year in the middle of the pandemic? Sure. Um, so it's basically a group. It's a group of, at the moment, it's 28 uh, small to medium-sized kind of grassroots music venues. Um, and it started 
through at the time because I have the agency I suppose I was kind of talking to everybody individually and trying to put shows on for my acts um, but then with my last lane hat on I kind of I set up a whatsapp group of just the usual you know the Gogi and the Adele and Collins and Brian and Lantern just set and it was around the time that um I don't know if you remember at the time there was a there was a, a time with the where the government had rolled out uh, guidelines for theatres but not for venues and then they sort of said that the venues were theatres and then they said they weren't and we were all just tearing our hair out so we just recognised that venues don't really have a voice like commercial venues don't have a voice as opposed to funded theatres and art centres um, and that they work very very differently so and for we the all... listeners, we're talking Roisin Dove, we're talking Lost Lane, we're talking Debarras, we're talking, you know, there's quite a lot. The Sugar Club, Lost yeah. Lane, uh, Debarras, Mike DePies and Listowel. Uh, Levises as well and Ballad de Hop, is that right? Yeah. 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 The ones that everybody who ever goes to music gigs knows about. You know, and mm. people who, a lot of them are family run organisations that, you know, Debarras was handed down through generations and, mm. um, they're just real institutions and they're also very much the like a very very imperative part of our ecosystem our music ecosystem because they're where artists learn their craft and hone their craft and develop their audience and prepare for bigger stages and larger gigs so without them you know you can't go from your bedroom to play in the olympia so these places just are so important and they're also from from an agency point of view it's very important for say Lisa Hannigan or, you know, to where you might spend 30 or 40 grand touring the States or Europe uh, when you're up and coming and you have to pay for a tour bus and van or whatever else. Um, and being able to go to these venues where the production costs are relatively low and you can put on a gig for a reasonable venue rental is what keeps you going. It's what keep your, keeps your touring company afloat. So there's just so much to it in terms of how important they are. Mm-hmm. And like I suppose the other thing is um, it's like it's vital important for the creatives, the artists, the sound engineers, everybody that works in the back line, but also for audiences members, say like myself and maybe the listeners, you know that the industry standard is if you're going to go to a gig in any of those venues, you're going to get a good gig and the likelihood is you're going to get um, returning stars that might have become, you know, they might have started out, but they have become huge and they still come back, you know, like Fontaine's DC with Mike DePies, Lisa with DeBarras, you know, there's so many returns and I guess as an audience, you know that it's quality. So these venues are incredibly important for cultural, you know, for our cultural sanity, really. Absolutely. And, you know, everybody from Ed Sheeran to Christy Moore, you know, it's like people go back because there's a magic in those venues. You yeah. know, there's an energy there that can't be replaced and can't be, you know, you can't create it without decades of blood, sweat and tears, I think. You know, mm. and also a really interesting thing that I noticed was just being on, you know, when, when we had our first Zoom and you're looking at all these faces, you know, the, the Dave Allens and the John Burtons and the Googies and and you're just like, they're all very like-minded people. You know, mm. they're all people who sit in a in a very specific area in terms of music and you know the way a music venue is run it takes a certain somebody I think to get into that properly and completely I like to call you guys the magic makers um I'm currently making a documentary at the moment um for 2FM and one of the uh, episodes is around festivals and live gigs and how um 
people like John Reynolds, people like yourself, people, you know, like whether it's going from big or to small kind of venues, it's the people behind who have the creative vision as magic makers. And what you're doing is making other people's memories. You know, you're, you're investing in other people's memories. And I love that. Well, I suppose you're like, you know, in that all of those beautiful gigs and beautiful moments, it does take, I suppose you just have to hit a certain note. You have to be Mm -hmm. a certain type of person that maybe doesn't, you know, like, I think there's, you know, there's an element, like I know from the mixtape shows, it's like gathering loads of people to work really, really hard and love what they're doing Mm -hmm. just as its own energy. You know, it's like, it's like you, you know yourself from doing, you know, fringe stuff at festivals and Mm. whatnot. Like it it takes a certain, you know, it's, you're not kind of in it to get rich, (laughs) you know, you're (laughs) You're not at all. You're in it it because you love, you love it. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the hourly rate for the amount of passion that you put into putting on events is non-existent. So, I mean, it's, it's a world that it's an ecosystem and a, and a, and a set of venues that without, like it would just be devastating. The thought of losing any one of them, for us as a music industry would be devastating. So I suppose, so that became a Zoom and then we, you know, it ended up becoming a steering committee and members. And then just very quickly after that, the LPSS was announced, which was like a a pilot scheme that the government announced. The minister, Minister Catherine Martin had announced 5 million for the, for the entertainment sector. And Mm -hmm. that was put out as the LPSS, which is the live performance stimulus scheme. Mm-hmm. So there was a pilot scheme for 2020s and you guys yeah. gathered together and applied. Is that right? Yeah, so 23 of the 28, a few of us applied separately, but um, 23 of the 28 applied as a group um, and we got 1.1 million, which was divvied up between all the venues To and we had agreed as part of the application. I mean, the application process, I, a lot of people don't, who 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 and um, we were not aware because we were commercial venues, so a lot mm. of us had no experience with funding. But we all recognised that funding is really it's just a conduit to work really hard to employ people and get money into people's pockets. Certainly in COVID, anyway. So and that's that was brilliant because it just meant that we all have a direct kind of line of communication to to local crew and local artists through decades of relationships. So. Uh, it just meant that we were able to get money into those pockets before Christmas, which was a real lifesaver for us all. Um, Absolutely. Financially and mentally, everything. And then creating amazing art from it. You know, all of yeah. these live stream events that were up for people who really needed to reconnect with music in that way. And not just music, you know, like just to see a, a live thing happening, to see the lights, even the lights on somebody. Do you know what I mean? All of that can help our ourselves in this kind of crazy time. And seeing people just loading in gear and, you know, like that, that feeling of just, you know, being home a little bit in that sense. And instead of there's so much talking to people on the phone and Zoom calls now that it's become this normal, it's just seeing real life people and having a cup of coffee and chatting was just amazing. You know, yeah. it was like really important for our mental health. But um, So then yeah, that's the pilot scheme. So now what's happening now? So we just released a report, a post-event report that was uh, just based around all the success of that. And at the moment, we're just kind of, we had a, we had that report, we presented it to the minister, we had a meeting with the minister last week. And we're at the moment, we're just kind of lobbying to show um, the department and the minister and everybody really how important the 
continuation of all the different supports are, you know, the, the PUP, the EWSS, you know, all the different ways that people can retain their, their skilled workforce, really, because mm. otherwise there'd be nobody to open the doors when we can again. Um, and, and then with the LPSS, just how important it is just to create meaningful work so that people can maybe come off the PUP for a little while and work in a safe environment and also just document this weird, strange time and hopefully have some sort of legacy through, you know, you know whatever's created from the funding um, rather than just, you know, be given the PUP. Just that we recognised through the LPSS and realised how meaningful money and employ- employment is is so much more than giving people money to stay safe at home you know it's like mm. as much as it's really important to stay safe at home that there there's only so much of that that can be done you know yeah and now tell me about epic uh, epic was uh i was so the live venue collective has um been invited to be on the committee and be involved just to be represented or have representation, I suppose, alongside Epic. They are a group of people who have really just devoted a huge amount of their time since the beginning of the first lockdown to um, to just giving sort of recognition to the entertainment sector and the live sector as a sector, which it never really had before. You know, like people don't recognize, you know, you don't realize that, there might be 2,000 staff to put five people on stage in Croke Park. You know, it's like there's this huge sector of incredibly skilled uh, people who've devoted their lives to developing their skills and working really hard in the event sector and building up businesses and PA suppliers and lighting guys and security and all the rest that comes with it. Um, so Epic just came together to represent those people. Mm. Um, and I think have really just kept the industry alive in a way that is so important because they they were the ones really that lobbied so hard for that 50 million that is hopefully going to be in the 21, 2021 um, budget for the entertainment sector, which, you know, will help so many people to get out the other end of this. But we're just so in danger of losing so many of our big companies and small companies mm. um, that, you know, there has to, they, they've just their big thing is just trying to keep the industry alive to the end of this, you know? Yeah. And I think it's kind of, it's important to like, you know, we're all so caught up in the, oh my God, we're in survival mode. And, you know, it's hard sometimes to find the positives, but like, I think what you've been doing has been really positive. I mean, it obviously has a positive impact on the amount of people, be it artists, et cetera, um, that, have, that you've helped, but also the setting up of creative minds and the, you know, minding your minding creative minds so people can access that to help their mental health, to have counseling sessions, et cetera. There's so many different avenues that have um, been created by people coming together with Epic Group and with yourselves. And it's, you know, it's a really good thing to see. And it's good to see that I know a lot of people probably don't get like, it's, it's just back to the thing of people not getting what it takes to create a live music event, what it takes for you to go and have your three pints enjoying like uh, Damien Dempsey singing, you know, it's, it, there's so yeah. much work in the background and how happy people, how much people enjoy that work. And, you know, it's a physical yeah. job, it's grafting, you know, so it's like, it's incredibly important. And it's very, it's the technical aspect of, like, I think there's this sort of weird outward view that people who work in events or work on festivals are all kind of 
student you know they don't mm. re- realize that it's it's is like it's long-standing businesses that have invested huge amounts in trucks and warehouses and gear and it developed over time and you don't you kind of it's it's a funny thing to to try and get people focused on the fact that it's so much more you know it's such a huge part of the economy that you know that sector is such a huge part of the economy now i'm kind of relatively new to epic i've only just started Mm, i know but like i've just been watching in awe of everything they've done in that day and as well as that just realizing that these are people who have been having meetings at 8am twice a week Mm. to do all this since Mm. march you know which is amazing because it's like a voluntary thing to to keep the industry going and i just think i'm just so blown away by how brilliant they all are you know i i was too especially just seeing you know the action on social media and the encouragement to get everybody involved in terms of creating positive change and you know shouting towards lobbying the government around not not epic but like getting everybody else to go hey this is really really important you know yeah. we are we are really really important and everybody in this industry needs to not be left behind and needs the same supports you know um yeah. una what is when we come out of this what's the first thing you're going to do oh go and lick all my brothers and sisters faces (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the licking of faces is definitely going to be problematic because I have said the same I'm like I'm gonna I have have a lot of friends who I go dancing with and I know I'm I'm probably going to lick their faces it's going to be a lot of face licking back to the good old face licking days yeah I I I mean well I suppose my big thing is just I really miss, and because we had just moved from Dublin to Burr um, in the year pre- prior to this, I just really miss my being, just being able to just like go and have, like when I go up to Dublin and have my meetings and then go back and have a cup of tea with my with my mom or a glass mm-hmm. of wine with her or call over to my other sister's house or, you know, meet my other sister for a pint. And that freedom is something that I'm kind of aching for yeah um, you know like it's, it's to be fair uh, we've been quite lucky because we have a garden and you know like uh, as things go I think we've been quite lucky with our little three-year-old being able to run around and I've been kept really busy with this stuff and we've managed to kind of survive but it's that bit it's the connection really that I just can't wait to see people and not be thinking if I'm two meters away from them and yeah they are with me talking to them you know with my face yeah. at mass because I'm having a coffee you know, know. it's like a strange thing I think we'll all come out of this very differently you know we'll feel different yeah. it'll take a little while I think for us to be comfortable around each other again yeah completely it's that thing of like you know I met when it was safe to do so and the places places were reopened I met um three of my friends in Bonobos um in Dublin and we were sitting outside and it was ran really really well you know you had the 90 minutes I don't know how my I controlled my body to not hug them do you know that that sense that human touch or even reach my hand out you know and it's like it's going to take a while to I think collectively there might be a bit of PTSD around human touch and interaction do you know I think, and, and like, you know, I like, I know that you talk a lot about trauma and and, mm. and all that. And I think that, you know, it's pretty widely known that a lot of the time trauma doesn't really come out for like a year or two as well. So yep. do worry that that will, you know, like I do, it's going to take an awful lot of, you know, I think like I know myself from experiences that I've been through that it's like, it's only afterwards when you're fully in a safe place that you look back and you're like, 
whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah I think that it, there's going to be a lot of that and we all have to just I know it's it's almost seems like a it's been overused now but that idea of just being kind to each other and looking out for mm-hmm. each other is going to be more important than ever I think even though it seems like we're everything will go back to normal and I just think we'll have to keep an eye out for each other you know I think so I think it's forever changed in the psyche of of maybe you know children we don't know how they're going to be impacted but certainly with creative minds with everybody the the psyche is going to be changed somewhat and I don't think we can ever return to the the, the before times as people are calling it um, yeah. we will return to maybe an evolved time where we're kinder towards each other and we're more understanding of everybody's differences or at least that's what I hope so Una where can people um, find the information on all of the stuff that you're doing uh, well livevenuecollective.ie or live at livevenuesirl for mm-hmm. all the social. Um, and there's low hopefully now if we get moving on this funding it means that we'll have a really solid year of activity and events and gigs throughout the country which would be amazing it would just be the most amazing thing for everybody I think in terms of all of the people in our industry both audience and artist and crew um, and then at Turning Pirate for all for all the Turning Pirate stuff um, and then I think it's Epic Working Group, so Epic WG for the socials. Yeah. Um, everything for all the industry-based, you know, back in the scenes people. Um, they're all the people that are plowing on. That's fab. So anybody can get in touch there. Una, thank you so much for joining me on my first podcast. And I look forward to uh, a future of licking faces. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. I look forward to licking your face in a <laughs> Thanks, Una. Huge thanks to Una for joining me there on the podcast. If you'd like to find out more about the Live Venue Collective, they're livevenuecollective.ie and there's loads of information and testimonials and you can really see how good it is that people have come together and and venues have come together to support each other and collaborate and the musicians have their back as well and everybody's just kind of looking out for each other. That's really, really brilliant initiative. So on to the next four tracks. Um... Okay, so the next four tracks, one of them, it starts off with a band called Cronin and their version of A Forest by The Cure. Uh, The lads have said that they, after spending three months apart, basically, they really missed each other. They got back into the studio and they were just jamming. And that was one of the tracks that really came together for them. So they decided to record it and release it and all the better for it because it's a really brilliant version. Uh, The next track you'll hear is Solwax's remix of um, Fontaine's DC. Yeah, I like when it starts out, when this song starts out, if you go off and listen to it, it sounds like Blondie crossed with Bowie crossed with everything else imaginable. And then Gregan's lyrics kick in and it's just fantastic. Uh, so you'll be hearing a hero's death, the soul wax remix. Then the next track is very special. I don't know ver- anything about this guy, Elliot Moe. Uh, the song is called Flight. He's an electronic producer and I have not heard such textures in years. It's just brilliant. It reminds me kind of of Nicholas Jar, but like, oh my God, my ears just exploded. Definitely go and look him up on SoundCloud. Go and buy his single Flight on um, Bandcamp. Wherever you can find him, just support him. I just, if you're into electronic music the way I am, it's just, it's amazing. And then, well, the big one, it's the brand new single from Elaine May and May Kay and uh, it's called No Forever and from that we'll be going straight into the chats with Elaine May about the song itself. But here's the next four. Enjoy. I hear her 
everyone we're here. Life ain't always empty. 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 first Kate Brennan Harding music podcast. I am absolutely delighted to welcome an artist that I have seen written this written about so many times and it is ever evolving. Mm-hmm. Elaine May. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. How are you? <laughs> Hilarious. Good. How are you? How's things? Grand. Grand. I know we just did a little pre-chat talking about lockdown and this I know this podcast is about being positive but it's also about being real. It is this lockdown has been the worst. Yeah, it's tough going, definitely. Um, I think the uncertainty around the dates, I know we're looking at a kind of a March 5th review thing now, but like, you know, all of January, we didn't have a clue like when we were going to, you know, when something was going to like, um, you know, change or whatever. So I think that uncertainty has been really difficult. And then obviously it's really bad at the moment and lots of people are sick and it's just, it's a, it's a tough one. I think everyone probably agrees on that. Yeah, I think it's that thing where we've been swimming and treading water for so long and now we're absolutely wrecked. And yeah. we're like, okay, we have to keep going because we just have to keep going. Um, yep. Yeah. And then in the middle of all this, very, very exciting. And I'm very excited to see as well, you have a new video coming up, but the new single is out and it's doing incredibly well. It's called No Forever, featuring the vocals of May Kay. And uh, it's from your upcoming album, which I don't know when is, when is, when are we expecting that? Um, so I'm, I'm aiming for later this year. So mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I'm still working on it, so working on getting it all done and dusted. Um, but yeah, later this year, if I can, if I can do it, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, what is your um, what's it, what's it like releasing something now that is getting such big reaction as it should do? Because it's absolutely glorious song, it's feel good song, it's perfect for exactly that mood of lockdown where people go, I just need something to lift me, and it's generous with its lifting, you know. So, what's oh. it like watching it do so well? It's amazing. It's weird because it's all through a phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, um, like if I was releasing stuff and I was playing gigs or anything like that, you know, I'd probably be playing it or it, even if I wasn't playing it, I'd be thinking about playing it, you know, and I'd be getting kind of like feedback from people in real life. And that's not a thing at the moment. So that's kind of odd. Um, 
but seeing the reaction from people online is pretty amazing. Um, and I think what's really nice about it as well is that like, you know, myself and Meike have such a strong connection to that track because it was such mm. a nice thing to work on. And I think we, we kind of feel the same way about it. Like it's just, it kind of puts us in a good mood and, um, you know, lifts the spirits a bit. So it's really nice to see people reacting to it so well. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And I think you've used Meike's vocals in a slightly different way, in a way that people are not used to hearing Meike sing. And it, the, the layers to it are really, really gorgeous. It's euphoric and of its time you know some people are say sort of drawing comparison to sort of 90s Balearic kind of sounds but to me it's no this is bang on of its time and all of us connected and exactly your tweet I can't wait to dance in the fields yeah yeah man I seriously cannot wait for that like it's gonna be unreal yeah did it evolve was it always kind of as the framework of it there and did make hay have much input on the song um so the the original version which is actually the version that the video is done to is like longer i'm calling it like the festival version because that's what it feels like to me there's this really like nice long breakdown in the middle um so that's coming out tomorrow with the video and you'll be able to get that on Bandcamp. um but that came together like pretty easily for me um i had the lead uh melody and i wrote the rest of the track around it and it just kind of fell into place sometimes like i'm writing a song it kind of feels like it's just in the ether and I've just tuned into it and it's written and it's done, you know, which is incredible. It totally like kind of just comes really easily. That does not happen all the time. Like I wish it did. It does not. Um, but for this track in particular, it did. And that was amazing. Um, and then I sent it over to, to Mary and um, she just came back with that stunning vocal, like pretty much exactly as you hear it now. Um, I just loved the feeling of it, loved what she was saying. She kind of put a totally different um, interpretation to it and added her own story. Um, and so we kind of just recorded it pretty much as she had done it. Um, and then we cut the radio edit, which is what you would have heard on Spotify and on radio and stuff, just to kind of, just to kind of, you know, not make people to listen, listen to six minutes of a track, you know, <laughs> um, unless they really want to. Um, so, so yeah. That's fabulous. I love that. And it's like, then you've got Ruth Medjbear who, um, gosh, she really, uh, the word pivot was used so much last year, but she really did do phenomenal work with her photograph, photographs and her book, um, photographing people who were on the steps of their home or at their windows of their home. And she came along with you guys. And I suppose, I feel like I want, I can't wait to have a pint of Guinness with all of you. <laughs> you <know>? Oh, same. <laughs> it's like this big trilogy of, of amazing artists. And that's the thing that you love doing is collaborating. Yeah, um, do. and do you pick people or does it happen organically? Um, it does definitely happen organically. I mean, I think for for this and for like certain um, pieces of work on that are going to be on the album, I had people in mind, mm. um, and people that have kind of, you know, built relationships or have potentially worked with before that I just like stuff that they're doing or whatever. Um, but I like to kind of try and keep it really, uh, like easy going like just like I feel like if you put too much kind of pressure and expectation on people then it can kind of become something else like this mm. I would never want it to be a kind of a oh I have to get that thing done because there's a deadline or whatever I, I, I really want it to be something that you know we're all kind of enjoying and that's that's something that's really important to me um and I've completely forgotten your original question <laughs> no it's just around collaborating with people and it's yeah. like because obviously you do remixes obviously you've worked with Pillow Queens you've worked with Loa 2019 mm -hmm. it was with Soleil and um Sorty Richardson and you know it's it's I'm excited for the debut to see how much collaboration you have on it and how you uh, sort of weave your own identity through it you know 
Yeah, like there's going to be a lot of collaboration on it for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it, definitely. Yeah. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about Key Exchange. Key Change, yeah, no problem. Key, sorry, Key so, Change. Yeah, that's no, all good. Um, key Change um, was something that I was selected for in 2020. Um, so um, basically, they're an organization that are striving to achieve um, gender balance in the music industry. Um, and they are, you know, doing various things to kind of drive that forward. Being a participant means that I get to um, be a member of the network and they have events and they, you know, promote you and um, find some opportunities to play internationally and stuff like that. Um, so overall, it's been an amazing experience, like really, really fantastic. Um, it's helped me to kind of, I think one of the main things that I really feel like I've gotten out of it personally is that it's kind of, you know, introduced me to this network of amazing women across mm -hmm. Europe and even to be completely honest at home as well like I've just built you know even stronger relationships with some of the women who are in the industry um who were involved with key change um through it as well um and then just you know gotten connections with all of these uh, fantastic women who are who are working in various um different things within the industry across Europe um so yeah I think they're doing really good really important work um and I'll be continuing to to work with them this year as well which is exciting fabulous and I suppose on that you know we can talk about being an advocate for women in music and it's also the thing where it's kind of just tiring to always have to advocate for women in music isn't it and it's like okay but there are things changing but what do you see as coming out of lockdown what do you see um as positives that maybe Irish uh, bookers or festivals or Irish, the Irish scene can do in terms of um, positive action around female musicians. I even say, hate saying female musicians. It drives me mad. And I've just said it because, you know, women in music. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely looking at balance on lineups is, is a big thing. You know, I think there's so many amazing acts out there now doing, you know, creating such fantastic music. Like if I think about all of the women who are involved in Irish Women in Harmony, for example, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's just so much talent there and so much like, you know, internationally ready quality music. You know what I mean? Like just like such a high quality of, of, um, of stuff being created there, which is amazing. So, you know, when you look at festivals like Primavera who have done their 50-50 lineup and like it, it can be done, you know what I mean? And I think it's, it's, it's kind of looking at it through the, you know, there are these incredible women out there. Let's showcase them, you know. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And um, I suppose for listeners, the reason that I hate saying female <laughs> ahead of anything is because we don't hear male ahead of anything. But then I trip myself up regularly when asking those questions you know it's kind of I'm looking forward to a time when I don't have to ask those questions yeah 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 hopefully there will be a time like that sometime in the future and I think like it's important as well to kind of you know we really enjoyed working on this together myself and Ruth and and make a because it was like I think it's it's important to kind of you know for for the younger generation to kind of see you know women doing stuff like that and I, I speak from personal experience when I say that when I was a teenager growing up you know like electronic music I don't even know I don't even think I knew what it was until I was like much older and I feel like it's it's definitely the sphere of music that I want to work in but I came to it very much like later in life because mm. I feel like there was a lack of awareness and there wasn't anything really to kind of pull me into it so I think you know being able to see women out there and doing it and then having organizations that are kind of you know helping the younger generations see those opportunities and get into you know whatever it may be that that interests them I think is really important and there's a lot of really great work happening around that um with various organizations um at the moment and I think that's really great yeah it is absolutely wonderful you just reminded me you know when you go back and you think about 
how did I start out? And, you know, I got into DJing accidentally. Um, my ex ran a nightclub and the DJ didn't show up and I had a load of CDs in my car. So <laughs> I, Amazing. I didn't even know how to use a crossfade. I didn't know how to do anything. And I think I played David Guetta <laughs> the egg about three times because everybody went a bit mental first. But um, I remember then noticing that, oh, this is something I, this, I think I'm supposed to do this. This is what I've wanted. I mean, I, I love music so much. But I remember sending um, applications to festivals to play or applications to clubs and I'd look at the lineup and the actual mentality that I had was, oh, they already have a woman on. I wouldn't even, you know, they already have a woman on the lineup. Oh, I bet I can't really apply there. That was my own uh, almost oppressed kind of view. It was like it didn't Mm. seem it didn't occur to me as abnormal that I would think anything other than just applying or just going hey pick me to play a set do you know what I mean because it was already a woman on the lineup um, yeah that's so. super interesting I, I think it's a journey for everyone like I think it's been a journey for myself for sure and you kind of like as you're in it longer and you kind of start to you know look at things differently or kind of realize that maybe something you, you didn't think about before is actually you know not quite right or whatever um so it's really interesting that you kind of call it out for sure yeah, it's kind of it's just mad how it impacts us all. So I would like to know where listeners can, you know, like obviously there's all the platforms that people can stream, but this podcast is going to be about sending people in to buy and spend money on artists. So Bandcamp, for example, you'll be able to get, uh, you can buy the or buy the single there. Is that right? Yeah, you can. So basically, from tomorrow, Friday the fifth, you'll be able to get the um, full length version. And you can buy the radio edit as well, if you so wish. But yeah, the full length version is my favorite version, the best one, the one that you should have in your pocket. If you want it, you can get it there. That's fantastic. So go to Bandcamp. Thank you, Elaine, for joining me on the Cape Brennan Harding Music Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Elaine, for joining me on the first podcast. I really was thrilled to have you, um, especially as today is the day that the video got released for No Forever and it's uh, just beautiful. I've just watched it. It's monochrome, Ruth Medjbear uh, taking on a whole new world. If you don't know who Ruth is, she's an amazing photographer, um, festival photographer. And when I say festival photographer, she's at the top of her game. You're talking BBC, Glastonbury. You're talking some of the most iconic photos that have ever been taken at Electric Picnic. She took them. Well, if you haven't heard about her already, she also pivoted last year. I know pivot is the big word that everybody's not supposed to be using. But anyway, she did Um, because she had to make money like all of us. So she started taking photographs of people outside at their windows. She stood outside their house and um, or apartment. And she ended up releasing this beautiful, beautiful book called Twilight Together. So if you haven't seen that book or you want, if you think, you, you know, you need to buy a present for a friend, it's a really good idea to buy that book because it's absolutely beautiful. She also did a project recently um, with Guinness and she was basically sent around the country to photograph owners of pubs standing outside their pubs. And it was really beautiful. And I guess everything about COVID and the arts For me, I just see people generating their sense of community. And even though we can't physically touch the sounds that we can create, the conversations that we can have and the images that are created, it's about that need to just reach your hand over and touch someone. I'm a very tactile person. So for me, all of this art and creativity has definitely made it easier during lockdown. Anyway, there we go. Uh, the video is great for No Forever from Elaine May and I'm looking forward to the album coming out. And May Kay, it's so great, great to hear your vocals. It's just great. 
I love everything you do. It's great to hear your vocals. I'm aware that you can hear the squeaking of my chair. I bought myself some uh, sound equipment, but uh, the chair is very squeaky. In fairness, I think the chair is about 60 years old. It's a collector's piece and uh, I'm very lucky I'm recording this in a A-framed cottage. I'm up in the ceiling uh, in the roof in the A-frame cottage. And um, mind you, it doesn't have central heating and I'm just going around with a hot water bottle. I look like a lunatic right now. I mean, I believe we're coming into a really cold patch. <laughs> so I'm going to be like, OK, I'm going to. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many layers I'm going to end up with on <laughs> on me right now. I have a lot of layers. But anyway, wherever you are, I hope you're warm and uh, getting prepared for what's possibly going to be a big snow. So the last foursome on the brand new podcast by me, Kipper and Harding. Um, the first track you're going to hear is by A. Smith. Um, it was released a couple of weeks ago now. Um, it's called When It Calls and it's from... His debut album, Last Animals, which will be out in just two weeks time, the 19th of February. Really excited about that. I also really like the artwork, the album artwork. It's based on coins from the Punt era. So it's a beautiful picture of a horse. And I didn't realise that it was about um, the coins from back in the day when I was a kid. And once I read it, I was like, oh, God, yeah, totally. But I got really excited about the artist. The artist is Ian Clark. And you can check him out on Instagram, ianclark.ca. That's D-O-T-C-A, ianclark.ca. I just think his artwork was really cool. So, yeah, go check that out. The next artist that you'll hear is Orla Gartland. And... uh, She's also going to be releasing a debut album soon. The song is called More Like You. She's collaborating with the same collaborator that has worked with Haim and Vampire Weekend. His name is Tommy King. So I suppose that's really, really kind of, that's cool. Um, following that, you're going to hear an amazing artist called Gareth Quinn Redmond with his track Life's Slow Build. I'll tell you all about that in a second. And Gaze's Ghost. So have a listen to the foursome and I will be back to tell you a little bit more about Gareth Quinn Redmond and Gaze's Ghost. I know the thunder cause I feel it too I feel the river in your hearts I know the moment cause it's only
Well, I think that was a really gorgeous way to end the podcast, don't you? Hmm. Who are you out there? I hope you've enjoyed the podcast, the first podcast. If there's anything that you would, uh, you know, think I should play, then get in touch. And particularly if you're a musician and you want me to feature your track, katebrennanharding at gmail.com. It is literally that simple. katebrennanharding at gmail.com. Yes, I have way too many names but there's nothing I can do about that and I'm kind of attached to them now it's been a long time we have been in a relationship it's sometimes been strained because of uh, people dropping the names but mainly it's been a good one <laughs> anyway I uh, I'm just gone into silly season there so the last track that you heard there is from Gaze's Ghost and that's basically um, the moniker for Laura McGarrigal Keith Mannion from Slow Pace, like Home, he pops up and Casey Miller also on the drums. So I really, really think that's gorgeous. It's from a double A side release and the track was called Wild Geese and there's another song called Feather and Bone. You can go and support them at Bandcamp. You can find them at SoundCloud. Just go and support your local music. And then before that is Gareth Quinn Redmond. He's amazing. He's been collaborating with David Keenan for a long time. I've been really into his stuff. I love kind of the way he builds his ambient sounds. And he is very much inspired by the music of Japanese pioneer Satoshi Ashikawa. And he's in the middle of releasing three environmental series albums. So the track that you heard there was called Life's Slow Build. And I had to feature it on the podcast. So that's it. I hope you've enjoyed it. And my moments of whimsy. I am sitting in a cottage roof. So, you know, flights of fancy and a little bit of insanity are uh, to be expected. Plus, you know, why not? Next week, I'm going to be joined by Danny Larkin ahead of her brand new single, Love Part 3, which will be released. Uh, again, another person with an amazing debut album. I'm sure it'll be amazing coming out. And I'm also going to be joined by Donna from A Ritual C because they've got a track coming out. So it's very exciting. If you have liked the podcast, would you please do me a favour? Would you share it? And if you do share it, would you also subscribe? I would be thrilled. Thanks a million for listening and uh, sure I'll see you next week. Bye. Oh, one more thing. I will be putting the playlist for the um, podcast up on my social media channels, which if you'd like to follow me, that's cool. At KPHDJ and my Instagram is Kate underscore Brennan underscore Harding. Bye. Bye.